0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Seeds of Triumph podcast. We are all about helping service members navigate through the difficult and challenging experiences that come with serving in the military. Here on Seeds of Triumph, we will discuss the good, the bad and the ugly, as well as provide several resources, techniques and coping mechanisms that can be used every day to instill overall toughness, Wellness and resiliency into our military force. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you enjoy what we have to provide. Welcome to the Seeds of Triumph podcast. Today, we will be talking about resiliency and mindfulness with our guest speaker, active duty Navy Chief Petty Officer and licensed marriage and family therapist, Toy Harris. Hello, thank you for joining us to talk about the major facets of mental health, mindfulness and resiliency. So before we get started, can you please tell us about yourself? Of course, um,
1: before I was Chief Harris, <laughs> I was Toy. So Toy Harris, an active duty chief in the Navy, stationed at Nayao, Hawaii, currently. Um, I'm originally from a small town called Emporia, uh, known as the Speed and Trap of America. Well, that's what I call it. Um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I, joined the, uh, I joined the Navy because uh, in college, I got pregnant and had a daughter and I wanted to provide for her and still pursue my education. So uh, a friend of mine, she took me to a depth meeting. I met her recruiter. He convinced me that I could still go to college and I could take care of my child. And I was sold at that point and I joined and didn't move back. Um, I've had many experiences in the Navy thus far. I would consider myself a fleet sailor. I, that's why I feel more comfortable uh, out on ships. It was, you know, my first command was the USS Kearsarge, So I kind of fell in love with that environment. It's my first NSA tour, which is very different from the ship.
0: Yeah, I think we forgot to tell everyone what your rate is.
1: Oh, I'm I'm a CTR, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so some of the things that I'm passionate about clearly is mental health. Um, As you can see outside of the Navy, I do have a, a license in marriage and family therapy. So I do therapy a lot with families, with couples, Um, with individuals. And we address a lot of different concerns and issues that plague people in their day-to-day lives. So that's a little bit about me. Okay.
0: Um, I think that's a very interesting perspective that you have regarding your enjoyment um, being a fleet sailor and just automatically falling in love with being on a ship. Mm -hmm. Um, In my experience and I guess experience from the things that I've read and some of the feedback that I've gotten is a lot of a lot of our sailors and the navy feel like it's really hard to mm-hmm. be, you know, on a ship and the lifestyle on a ship could could really be a detriment to their overall well-being and, you know, mental health. So I mean some people have done it, some mm-hmm. people haven't. What would you say to those sailors who might be scared to embark on their first ship
1: i would say give everything a try once right you don't know if you'll like something or if it's a good fit for you if you haven't personally tried it yourself i think what has helped me um succeed in the navy thus far is the support system that i had so i since i am from virginia um a lot of my tours or a lot of my career was in Norfolk. So the ships that I was on, um, they were in Norfolk, which which meant that I could have my kid when I was in port. And then when it was time to deploy, I could drive an hour and a half way, leave it with my mom. I would go on deployment and come back home, essentially. So my family like really assisted in my success. So like when I went on a ship, I didn't have those stressors that some of the sailors mm-hmm. may have. Um, if they lack the the support that they need to endure those challenges, I would say that my family had a great deal in helping me be successful out on on the ship when I was there.
0: And then I think you were about to get into um, our question. You know what what are you passionate about?
1: Oh yeah, um, I love couples. Um, I love therapy. I love um, Healthy relationships. I am a firm believer that who we are connected to can have a tremendous impact on our lives. And that has been so true in my career in the Navy, you know, whether it was mentors, whether it was peers, whether it was, you know, just leadership, right? Having good leadership, having good mentors like impacted my life tremendously or impacted my career. And I didn't have to separate that either when it came to my family because having their support, you know, equally contributed to my success. So I'm also passionate about training my relief. I don't think that sailors, um, actually not sailors, I don't think that I could be as effective or as great as I am without engaging sailors, without training them up, without building rapport and connecting with them. Because the Navy is not like a typical job. We spend a lot of time around our coworkers, So I'm very passionate about giving back in the same way that people gave back to me. That's good. Yeah.
0: Our guest here, uh, Chief Harris, or Toy, she <laughs> is working on her Ph.D., so she's currently a doctoral student, um, so I just want her to tell everybody about that and how she got there and why. Yeah, I one of the benefits from the very beginning of joining the Navy was
1: I could finish school. I can't say that my grandfather influenced um, my love for education at a very young age, he was someone who celebrated, you know, me making A's and B's. And it was something that he looked forward to, which got me excited about pushing myself to give him something to be proud of. My father also didn't graduate graduate high school. He didn't get to finish junior high school because he had to help my grandmother take care of his his 12 siblings because he was one of the oldest so it's it's almost a way to pay homage to the two men who impacted my life greatly um because i i don't come from you know a family that has master's degrees or phds so also for my my girls and my son to see that you know you could do anything that you put your mind to or you know, if you contribute great effort to it, you can you can get through it. You can overcome it. You can accomplish it. Um, so with that being said, came into the Navy, always found a way to pursue my degrees, even when I was on a ship. Um, so wait, did you come
0: into the military with any education?
1: Yes. So I was actually in college when I came into the Navy. So I stopped going to college joined the Navy because I had a kid. And I was like, wait, I can't have her in a dorm with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I need a job to mm-hmm. take care of her. So I actually stopped going to um, college and join. And then I rolled my credits over to uh, St. Leo. And St. Leo picked me up and I rolled my credits into a psychology degree. Was that your bachelor's? Yes. Okay. Yep. My bachelor's is in psychology. So from there... Every time I got on shore duty, I took advantage of TA. Um, I also used the Pell Grant and used TA, and I, was, I got some extra funding so I could pay for my books. Um, I invested a lot of time into just really pursuing my education um, on shore duty. So once I graduated with my bachelor's, I then pursued the master's, and I used my GI bill. I started to use my GI Bill because around that time in the Navy, an instruction had rolled out where they had kind of started to cap TA. Mm -hmm. So I had to cut into my GI Bill, which was okay because my children have education funds set up already. So I didn't need to reserve my GI Bill for them. Um, So I tapped into my GI Bill, started my master's, and I was able to um, work out a deal with my leadership who who was very supportive of you know, me pursuing this degree. So So awesome. Yeah. With with a um, master's degree in any type of clinical, you know, program, you have to do an internship and you have to do a practicum, which means that you have to be on site. Mm -hmm. So my leadership was very supportive and they let me like leave two days early out of the week to go and be on site in my internship. And I, I, today, if I haven't ever said thank you to them, I'm very appreciative of them allowing me to do that. Um, so that helped me secure my
0: masters at my last shore duty. So you were able to join the Navy with two kids? One. One, mm-hmm. One kid. Mm-hmm. Then now you have three. Mm-hmm. So you joined the Navy with a kid and an unfinished bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm you deployed on ships
1: mm-hmm.
0: and through all of that you were able to have another two kids get married and finish your bachelor's degree, get a master's degree mm-hmm. and now uh, and then start working on your PhD. That must have been challenging
1: for sure yeah uh, for sure. I compartmentalize well and I don't I don't know if that's the healthiest thing to do right um, but it worked for me. It was like a coping strategy. I would just devote, like when I'm at work, I'm at work. When I leave work, I'm no longer at work. Like I transition Mm -hmm. to student, right? And then when I get home, I'm mom or I'm a wife, right? Or both. Um, But there are times where all of us are doing homework together. My children are doing homework and I'm doing homework too there are times where we're at the beach and I have my laptop out because I gotta get my assignments turned in. The more that I put on my plate, the more I found that, you know, I was having to sacrifice some time in other areas and it, it started to, you know, to enmesh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't keep my family out of the loop. So they're very understanding. That's good, yeah. yeah.
0: One of the, the education is huge. And through, you know, the stress and the struggles that I've had since being in the military, um, I always tell people because, you know, I myself prioritize my education. So when I was mad at my leadership or I was unhappy with the Navy or whatever the case may have been, I could always look back and say, you know what, at least I'm going to school. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this for me. Mm -hmm. So no matter what these people you know, think of me or, you know, how they're making me feel at the end of the day, the Navy's paying for my college degree yeah. and I can be happy with that. So yeah, yeah working on my education has definitely helped. Yeah. yeah. And
1: I, 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 don't think that, um, I probably don't talk about it as much as I should, but I don't think that people understand the gravity of what it means to have the opportunity to pursue the education um, again, right? My my family they don't come from a, a long line of degrees. So, with that being said, I didn't have an education fund, right? My mom mm-hmm. and my dad they weren't in a position to financially support higher education. So when I came into the Navy, that is something that I wanted for myself, and I never lost sight of that, mm-hmm. no matter what the Navy threw at me or whatever I had to go through. That part. I stayed true to mm-hmm. like I joined for education. I joined to be better than or capitalize on the opportunities that were not afforded mm-hmm. to my parents. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that um, yeah. to not make it into an education podcast. I know. Right? <laughs> let's, um, Used to hear, yeah. to <laughs> let's, let's talk about, um, resiliency, and, and just explain, you know, what is resiliency?
1: Um, for me, it is just the ability to bounce back. I, I don't think I'm naive to where I believe that everything is going to always go as planned, right? Especially in the military, we have to adjust. Um, we have to, you know, think on the fly. Um, we're put in stressful situations all the time. So I think that for me, resiliency is like if this knocked me down, if this set me back, do I have it in me to go at it again? And I also develop a mindset where I can accept no, right? But how do I get to yes? So in short, it
0: would just be my ability to, to bounce back. Do you think that everybody is resilient or capable of resiliency? Absolutely. I do.
1: I And I think that um, it starts with whatever the priority is, right? Because on the outside looking in, we can be very judgmental and say, oh, you're not strong enough. You're not resilient. But I think that's unfair if we don't understand what the person want or need, right? Because- those sailors who go out on a ship and they find it very difficult or um, is is difficult to adjust and cope. I don't think I hear leadership asking them, have they ever been in a place where they had to be away from their family, where they had to, um, you know, sleep in a burden with 40 people that you just never met. Um, There are a lot of, there are a lot of things that
0: happen on
1: ships that are irregular.
0: Yeah. It's like a shock factor. And yeah. I don't think, I don't think people who, I don't think a lot of us give ourselves grace when it comes to that. For I think sure. we're so hard on ourselves. Like, you know, why am I feeling like this? You know, I'm not tough enough, but honestly it's normal, right. Yeah. To, to feel stressed or having, you know, a slower time to adjust because you've never been in that environment before. Yeah, Yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah people, you know, everyone giving yourself grace when you're confronted with a situation that you never been in before. is just something to think about. Yeah.
1: My first deployment, my daughter, she was young. She probably was like two or three. Um, she might not even been that old, to be honest. And when I came back, she would not come to me. I was a stranger to her. And I, clearly I'm a young new mom. And I just, I was so taken aback. Like, Girl, I'm your mom, but she had been around my mom for so long that you know that was like her nurturer, her her caretaker. Um, so that was an adjustment for me. And I and I think if I'm thinking about resiliency, I didn't want to give up on the Navy, and I didn't quit. But what I did do was adjust. And the next time I went on deployment, we printed out pictures. Yeah, uh, my mom printed out a picture of the ship where she could carry like this picture book around and then she had a picture of the ship and my mom would say whenever she asked where her mom was, my mom would say she's on the ship and then she always had the ship to look at and then she had pictures of me so she she wouldn't forget me. Um and that was helpful the second the second time around compared to the first.
0: So I wanted to ask you, you know, we talked about the idea and the goal behind this uh, podcast, right, which is for people to come on and share their own personal experiences with um, re- resiliency, right, mm-hmm. um, sharing their examples of, of when they were triumphant, right, through their struggle. So the podcast is called Seeds of Triumph, and I just want you with your experience to um, explain, you know, how sharing these stories can benefit. Yeah.
1: Um, so my grandma used to say this this saying that like when older people are talking, you should listen because they have wisdom, mm-hmm. right? So that's how I see mentors or um, leaders um, in the Navy. They have gone through some of these experiences and I think that it would be foolish to not tap into it. Right. So um, with the whole seeds and stories, I think that by people opening up and sharing their stories, it can provide hope. Other people may feel like, wow, I can relate to that and it becomes normalized where it's like, oh, well, I'm not the only person that ever experienced Mm -hmm. that and then it just opens up the opportunity for these conversations to happen, for people to heal, um, for people to connect. So I think that, you know, this whole concept behind Seeds of Triumph is great because at our command alone, because we are Intel and um, we do a lot of work on the computers, we lose sight of just the human to human interaction on a daily mm-hmm. basis. It's like, Oh, if I got something to tell you, let me Skype you. Right. Um, or we're in an environment where it's like, if I do take the time out to talk to you about a story, it's like shucks. I didn't wasted 45 minutes of the day. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: So mm-hmm. um,
1: I think that, I think that there's a lot to be said about, relating and sharing stories. And actually sharing stories give people the opportunity to learn from other mistakes, right? right? If someone is saying like, hey, don't do this this way. And I'm like, okay. And they tell me about how it impacted or affected their work or their lives. Then I can take that in.
0: Right. Or like, you know, this happened to me and it it was awful, but this is what I did to, to bounce back from it. Yeah. Yeah. So then the next thing was... I wanted to you to introduce everyone to um, mindfulness and meditation. Oh that's my
1: favorite. Uh, I should be an ambassador for the calm app because I talk about the calm app like I created it. Um, so mindfulness, right? Wait, what's the calm app? Oh, I'll get to it. okay all right. Um, mindfulness is just a state of non-judgmental awareness of what's happening in the present right? That's what it means to be mindful. And not that you're not daydreaming because that happens in the practice of mindfulness, but it's like you being very aware of what's happening in the present. So there are two components to mindfulness. Uh, That's awareness and acceptance. Awareness is uh, you noticing your thoughts, your feelings, any physical sensations that you're having, um, and the goal isn't to clear your mind or stop thinking. It's just to become more aware of your thoughts and your feelings. Now, the acceptance piece uh, when you have those thoughts, those feelings, and those sensations, you are just to observe them without taking them on in a non judgmental way. So, have you ever heard
0: someone say, I'm very angry? Mm-hmm. Right? I've, I've said it plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: Mindfulness would be you noticing that you're starting to get flustered or frustrated or angry, right? That's the awareness piece. It's like, oh, shoot, I got this feeling in my gut. I'm getting worked up. I'm getting anxious or whatever the case may be, right? And you not associate yourself with it, but something that you just observe. So you may instead say, I am feeling angry or I am feeling frustrated because you notice
0: it but you're not identifying with it right you're not saying I am angry yeah I'm an angry person Person. because that's negative right yeah and it does something to you yeah
1: so essentially in a nutshell that's what mindfulness is it's just you know bringing you back into the present making you aware I think the the hardest part about mindfulness for people is To accept your feelings without judging them or Mm -hmm. minimizing them Mm -hmm. right because it's like you know what i was very frustrated earlier about this thing that happened it's like well wait i was tripping maybe i shouldn't have been frustrated Mm -hmm. maybe i overreacted right so
0: you don't want to judge your feelings or your experiences if that's what you felt right that's okay yes okay and um how do you think how do you think mindfulness can um you know, help somebody build up their mental toughness or oh. get through tough situations?
1: So when you are aware, right, you can respond. So when you notice through mindfulness that you are getting anxious, you could incorporate deep breathing. You can get up and go for a walk. You can call a friend or a family member. Um, you can even practice mindfulness meditation. Um, so whatever coping strategy, healthy coping strategy, right, right <laughs> that you have um, or that you're familiar or comfortable with, you can employ that. So I think that that's why mindfulness is so important because you can't treat something that you're not aware of, right? right. If you don't know the root or what it's stemming from, you can't fix it.
0: Or, or a lot of people, I'm sure, you know, I can attest because I've done this too, you know, you get angry, you're stressed at work, and then you come home and you want to have a glass of wine. Yeah. That's not really dealing with, with uh, your feelings, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you may, you know, I can probably say that I probably wasn't even aware of how strongly I may have felt about something. And I definitely didn't take the time to accept it, right? I just picked up a drink and was like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. So practicing mindfulness probably would have been a healthier solution, right? To say, you know what? It's okay that I had a stressful day at work Mm -hmm. and just moved on. Yeah. And
1: then if you did have a wine glass, it wasn't done because of frustration. Exactly. Yeah. It would have just been like, I enjoy the taste of wine or, you know. Right. agree um and then some of the benefits of mindfulness is it can reduce symptoms of depression and anxiety um you can have greater satisfaction in your relationships whether they are friendships um you know romantic relationships improve memory focus and mental processing it'll help you decrease ruminating thoughts like those thoughts that Mm -hmm. you just keep dwelling on yeah yeah that can drive your anxiety or worry a, a really great benefit of mindfulness is it will improve your ability to adapt to stressful i say that's powerful yeah yeah
0: i say to lots of people that ask me you know how i got through certain things is my ability to adapt and that wasn't something that came natural mm-hmm. i had to learn how to adapt and i found that once i finally gave in And adapted to my environment, my quality of life and my mental health was just so much better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mindfulness helps you control your emotions, Mm. right? Have you ever seen a leader where you thought to yourself, like, wow, they get emotional a lot. They make decisions from emotional places. And it
0: just seems a little unhinged. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, for all the listeners, right, when you are just thinking about this practice of mindfulness, help your shipmates out, right? Introduce it to them. Tell them about it um, because they may
0: not notice it. Right? Where, Where is uh, something? So like I, I have been doing a lot of research, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, the story behind creating this platform was just several people, you know, saying that they're not able to get access to mental health care mm-hmm. or, you know, their appointments are only once a month or, you know, they're having to wait, you know, eight to 10 months to get an appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you said something and you said that, you know, mindfulness, one of the benefits could be to actually decrease the anxiety and yeah. the depression. You know, some some of the things that, you know, these people are probably making appointments for. Mm-hmm. So, in the meantime, right, mm-hmm. until they're able to get in to see the provider, where can they go to find mindfulness resources?
1: Mm. Okay, so um, I use the Calm app. We were talking about that yeah. earlier. Um, there are also um, other apps out there for meditation, some of them do require subscriptions. If you're listening and it's something that you want to try out, I always give people a free trial. Only thing you have to do is contact me and say, hey, Chief Harris or hey, Toy, can you um, let me experience the Calm app and I will send you a free trial. YouTube also has, you know, mindfulness meditations. And there are so many um, things that you can incorporate into, like yoga. Um, You can do mindfulness walks. You can do mindfulness meditations. You can do body scans, and then you can just focus on your five senses. Those are things that you can do on your own without a you know PCM or a mental health professional. These are things that you can do at your desk. These are things that you can do on a ship. These are things that you can do at your building. Right? You can go on a walk, right, and clear your mind and um, do deep breathing. It works you focusing on your breath makes you take the focus off of whatever it is that you're worried about right if you can say focus on your breath focus on your breath and you're taking deep breaths your thoughts leave whatever that situation is that you're honed in on that makes sense yeah yeah it is one of the best practices that anyone
0: can do for themselves Honestly, as you describe it, I'm thinking this sounds so simple and maybe a little bit silly. You know, I picture somebody sitting, you know, crisscross applesauce with their their hands in the air and just like making really loud <laughs> breathing noises. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one who is imagining that right now, but... Um, yeah. What would you say to somebody who may be a little hesitant to tr- give it a try because they feel like it may not work or it may seem silly? <laughs> so I, I actually ran
1: into that a lot. And um, one of the things that I do with my clients is we actually practice in session. Right. So when it comes to mindfulness, um, it is it, it is a practice. It's not something that you're going to become good at overnight. You have to implement this into your day. So when we're talking about just being mindful, that's you being aware of what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Um, So then when we talk about actual meditation, that's a practice, right? And that's you setting aside time for yourself to be in the present, right? So a lot of people, like you said... Mm -hmm. (laughs) crisscross, aquasauce, everything is quiet. um, But it's it's a myth, right? You have to work up to that place. So you can meditate laying down. You can meditate sitting up in a chair. You can meditate while you're walking, right? There's no wrong or right way to meditate. Um, And another thing is a lot of people feel like meditation isn't working if their thoughts are wandering or trailing off. That is so natural. It is so natural. But what you don't want to happen is that you get wrapped up in those trailing thoughts. So when you do recognize through awareness, because you're mindful Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that my thoughts are trailing off, you come back to the breath. It's like, oh, here I am thinking about what I'm cooking for dinner tonight. Right. Nope. Right. Because it's easy to get caught up in your thoughts. Oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, maybe I should do chicken.
0: Well, actually, we had chicken last night, so maybe right. I should do steak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, focus, yeah. breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just just keep trying. Yeah. yeah it's, it's nothing that you're going to master. You just have to keep doing it. Yeah, and the Calm app does guided
1: meditations. Okay. So what that means is you play it, and the only thing you do is listen to her, and she guides you through the meditation. And what I love about the Calm app is that it always gives you – nugget like if it's anxiety right she or he whoever your narrator is Mm -hmm. that's the cool thing you get to pick your narrator nice yeah so they will give you like psycho education and tell you what anxiety is and help you understand what you're experiencing that
0: helps so much yeah Yeah.
1: and then they give you a little tool or tip to implement and it's like wow
0: i love it all right well the calm app i'll make sure to um link it in the episode description so you guys can check it out for sure yeah it's my favorite you see how excited I got about it I know tell you, should be
1: a brand ambassador <laughs> it's the best app on my
0: phone so then the next thing that I wanted to ask you um, which I think is the most important part of this episode is what is your seed of triumph So you know we've been
1: talking about mental health and how important it is right? Would you believe me if I told you that once upon a time, I didn't even believe in depression or anxiety
0: or mental health? I had no clue what it was. Meaning that you never experienced those feelings or? No. Wow. Or if I did, I
1: wasn't able to identify with it. Mm -hmm. So uh, a few years ago, I was in church and my father had a heart attack and died. I watched my father take his last breath and clearly that's a pretty traumatic event, yeah, right? So I was very caught up in being strong for my mom um, and maybe I was just trying to process like what I saw it, I don't know, it's just I guess it happened so fast but not really. Like I can, I can win that entire day back. So that's how I know it was traumatic because it's embedded. But it wasn't until my father passed away that I experienced depression. I had went into a depressive state. Um, at the time, I didn't know it, but I wouldn't talk to anyone. I isolated myself. I couldn't go around my mom Oh, I, like I couldn't go home. Um, I couldn't go back to their home. I just wouldn't get out of bed. I would go to work.
0: Were you in it. the Navy at the time? I was in the yeah. Navy.
1: Yeah, and I was on a ship. I was mm-hmm. on the USS Mahan. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I I would just go to work and I'll come home and I'll get in bed. Uh, I am a person of faith, so I I couldn't touch the Bible. I was angry at God. That was just a lot, right? I was having panic attacks Mm -hmm. for the first time. And that's when I really learned uh, how to ground myself. I would, it would freak me out so bad that I like hopped up one day and I just went outside because I felt like I couldn't breathe. So I was like, let me go outside. And I was doing deep breathing and I was walking and that helped calm me down. And so um, I... Recognize recognized that I had never been through anything like that before. And I don't know why I normalized it or I just thought that I needed to just get through that on my
0: own. Yeah, I was going to say like you just that that's that's awesome that you were just able to get up and be like, I got to do this to get better. Well, it, I don't think
1: that it came from that place. I was scared. Mm. I just wanted to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um It scared me. Uh so it wasn't until that happened that I knew that depression was real. Um I come from like being around Southern Baptists where it's like you pray your way through Mm. everything. And it's like, well, prayer isn't working because I can't even talk to God right now. He took my dad. Um, so I realized that actually you need more than prayer, right? Um, And that was the first time that I came face-to-face with depression. Um, That was the first time I came face-to-face with anxiety. So when we talk about resiliency, here I am from that experience now to be a support for anybody who has ever experienced depression, anxiety, um, any, any type of conflict or just not having support. Right. There there are people who, you know, just don't even have the support. They don't have a person that will listen to them or even believe them. Yeah.
0: That's but, that's what I would say in my, you know, my advice, right? How I overcame and triumphed through my experience was finding a support. Mm-hmm. That's the number one thing yeah. was I had to find support. Yeah. And that was also the number one thing that broke me, mm-hmm. not having support. So yeah. yeah, I'm glad you see that see it, see it that way too yeah
1: yeah it um it was very eye-opening and I you know I, I recognized that I wasn't taking it as serious and maybe I was being judgmental right and judging people and not understanding like why can't you get out of bed and why is why are you going through that life can't be that hard but you know
0: like People experience traumas yep. in different ways. Yep. And I, you said that and it brought me to something that I think a lot of people experience too. It's like, um, goes into leadership development. It's like, I feel like a lot of the leaders who encounter these situations when people are telling them, you know, I'm having a hard time adjusting or I can't mm-hmm. adapt mm-hmm. or I'm feeling depressed. They don't understand and mm-hmm. they're coming from a place of like, why are you feeling like this? You yeah. know, this... You know, just just suck it up. Like that's not the right answer. Yeah. and I really think that that if you are a leader, just you got to take a good look at yourself and make sure that you know you're considering the fact that yeah people handle things different differently. Yeah. And I mean, I was
1: excited to see the Navy roll out uh, the resiliency training and the models, right? Because I think for so long in the military, mental health was a stigma for various reasons, right? Clearances you know disability mm-hmm. whatever right people having this perception that we are supposed to be strong and strong-minded but i think the, uh as you know technology advanced and like newer generations right. came about that the navy recognized that you know in order for us to have a resilient force we have to equip them with the proper necessary like tools Right. To be able to overcome exactly. some of these life challenges. Yeah. Right. So um, as a chief in the Navy, I lead and I always lead from a place of love. I'm not a medical professional, so I don't get to tell someone what what their you know medical diagnosis is or if they are equipped for this or not. As a chief, I'm a resource. A leader, but I see myself as a resource. I'm not here to fix anyone's problems, but I'm here to help you navigate through them. So that aligns with exactly what I do on the civilian side. I'm not there to tell my clients what to do or how to do things in their lives, but I am there to help them navigate. Um, So when it comes to resiliency, I applaud my sailors for speaking up about the things that that are affecting them, whether it's, you know, on site at our jobs or whether it's at home. To me, they are very resilient to have the courage and the strength to say, I'm not well. I'm, my thoughts are not positive, right? I feel myself burning out,
0: right? Instead of just hiding it. Now, now what would you say, because I think this is really important, you know, from your perspective as a chief, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, you've given me lots of really good advice when dealing with certain situations. So what would you say to, you know, people in the audience who might have brought something up to their chain of command and it was kind of brushed off to the side or even, you know, those that might fear bringing it up to their chain of command because they know that they yeah. might get some reprisal?
1: Oh, man. See, the Navy is set up as like a no-fail, like no-fail in my eyes. Um, if the chain of command or a person within a chain of command is not understanding, they're not trained or they don't, they're not equipped to handle whatever you're bringing. There's always someone else. Always. There's always a resource. So if you're out there and you're feeling unhurt, you're feeling... Like no one believes you or you're not getting the necessary help. It could be because you're looking for it in the wrong place. Right. So if it's mental health, I would definitely go through my PCM. Right. I would make it known to my PCM so that I can get a referral out in town. Um, There's fleet and family. Right. There's military one source where you don't even have to involve your chain of command. The chaplains have 100% confidentiality. Right. So Everything is not a chain of command, you know, issue, right? So I would just say, if your chain of command is not doing what you need them to do, then seek out resources
0: elsewhere. That's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. And I just hope that, you know, our chains of commands will grow into this new generation and practice more, you know, emotional intelligence, leadership skills and just we get away from people feeling like they can't talk to their chain of command right because like you said you know you're there as a resource Mm -hmm. for your sailors
1: absolutely I'll make time I may not (laughs) have the resource but I'll know where to go find it um I won't stop until we get an answer and I think that I've been very consistent you know across my sailors and helping them with whatever they bring Mm -hmm. Um, because you know we're in the Navy 24-7 is what they say so I know that it doesn't end when they leave work right if they need me at the hours I'm gonna be there
0: it's my job I'm glad that your sailors and the Navy has you
1: yeah and I'm happy I have them you know I'm nothing without
0: my sailors
1: that's awesome
0: Yeah. so we gotta take care of them and you guys gotta take care of yourself
1: for sure.
0: So, well, any last advice that you want to give um, our audience who may be currently struggling with mental health and might be on a wait list to see a provider mm-hmm. or can't can't see one right away? I think that um, throughout
1: our, our segment today, we have both discussed support and how important that is. Um if you can't get in to see a mental health provider, please seek out the chaplain. Please contact Military OneSource. Please seek out um, Fleet and Family um, until you can get consistent care. If those options are not available for whatever reason, find a buddy. Find one person that you can just lean on and vent to and drop it off right um in therapy we encourage we highly encourage our clients to build a support system because we only get to do therapy an hour hour and a half max right so you have to have a support system to sustain you in the wee hours of the night when your therapist is not available or when you're on deployment right um or when you're on an island where you're so far away from your family, like who then becomes your village? Right. So I would definitely encourage everyone to find a village because having support can make all the difference.
0: And that village can be found, you know, per se. Let's say that maybe you're not close with your family or you don't have a lot of close friends or whatever the case may be, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you enjoy running, so you join a running group, right? That can become your support system. Yeah, if you... Let's see, you know, like knitting and, you know, you, you have a knitting group. You know, those Facebook people can have
1: all those groups. Oh, that's like, such
0: a good. Yeah. I'm oh, glad you brought that up. Yeah.
1: yeah. Face, you, yes, any group, any type of group, hiking, swim, yep. biking. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Facebook groups, that is a really good resource to just get connected and, you know, find your niche and find some people that are like-minded and share the same interest and yeah. you know you can look to them for support and whatever it is and now
1: you'll always have Chief Harris.
0: yes <laughs> yes and and the seeds of triumph podcast so um you guys have the email address in the bio you can always reach out yeah so that's the end of um our podcast today with Chief harris so We talked about resiliency and Mm -hmm. mindfulness Mm -hmm. and coping mechanisms and the importance of support, like you said, and, you know, just make sure that you're not stopping at your chain of command if you need help. Absolutely. Yes. So with that being said, thank you for coming on and sharing your experience. Can I say thank you for
1: this platform? Of course. And, um, Allowing so many voices to be heard for our sailors and our service members. Kudos to
0: you. This is very new. And I really hope that if it just reaches one person, mm-hmm. then, then it'll be effective. So, yeah. 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 We're all in this together. Thank you for having me. Of course. The views expressed by the speaker and all guests are not those of the Department of Defense, United States Navy, or any other government agency. They are strictly those of the speakers who do not speak for any other organization or entity. The speakers are not mental health professionals and do not intend any of the content of this podcast as mental health advice. If you need professional mental health advice, please seek out your closest military or civilian mental health providers immediately.